Contract Properties is a homegrown, family-owned maintenance company located in Nashville. They provide HVAC, electrical, plumbing, painting, and many other services for commercial and residential properties. From build-outs to junk removal, one call does it all. Whether you're a homeowner or a property manager, give Contract Properties a call today for a free estimate. 615-356-0755. That's 615-356-0755. Or visit ContractProperties.net. The Midday 180. Get them at their new time from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. Now it's time for Blaine and Mickey, powered by the Tennessee Lottery on 104.5 The Zone. It is Blaine and Mickey on 104.5 The Zone on a Friday. We get started with Titans News. Mike Grable just finished up his Friday Zoom call. It's usually a quick one, Blaine, but there was some interesting stuff in there. Uh, he was asked, basically, hey, the Dory Jackson practice Wednesday, Thursday, how how things go today. And he goes, I, just just to stop y'all from asking me about his status with the game, he's out. So no no real surprise there, Blaine. You said this yesterday. If he's working with the show team, that typically doesn't lend itself to somebody's going to be up and active in the game. You know, we kind of held out hope, maybe, but but he's not going to be active. This one's concerning though. The guy who's been starting recently is Breon Borders. He hasn't practiced this week. Mike Rabel just cut to the chase and said Borders is out for tomorrow or Sunday. So no Breon Borders, who's been your starter at cornerback. Um, He was asked about Christian Fulton specifically, and he said he's not going to return today. And it might have been John Glennon who who pressed him a little bit and said, well, does that mean he – whomever the reporter was, I think it was Glennon, said, okay, does that mean he could return tomorrow? He said he will not return today. So that leaves the possibility open, Blaine, um, that there would be um, Christian Fulton there uh, to use in, in some capacity for the Tennessee Titans on Sunday against the Jaguars. Uh, the other guy who mispracticed today was Derek Roberson. His name didn't come up that I heard, and I tried my best to listen to all of that. So I guess there's still a possibility Derek Roberson could stay in the uh, mix of outside linebacker. But if not um, – Boy, cornerback and outside linebacker could be really thin. And really, really both of those positions are thin already. So they could be thinner. Yeah. Well, whoever they put in there is not going to put no pressure on the quarterback. Uh, so, I'm, you know, it looks as of it now. So, I, yeah, they could put anybody's body there. But I'm more concerned about the cornerback position because uh, it looks like besides Malcolm Butler and King in the slot, who's playing the other side? So we got Chris Jackson and Ty Smith is the only ones with Borders out, uh, Adoree out, and Fulton questionable. So uh, that's only three starters. Uh, we got Milton, who's a special team guy. Uh, and I, I, I got to have another corner to be dressing for that game. So that lends me to think Fulton is, a, is at least possibly dressing just in case. But I have no idea. Uh, you you can't go into the game with four corners. Two <laughs> and Fulton. I mean, and and Milton. Uh, that wouldn't make me say one of those safeties gonna be playing corner. Hey, was you not playing corner? You playing safety? That's a whole different animal. <laughs> could 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 you take? Could you take King? 
and say, hey, man, you got to go outside for the day, and could you take somebody like a Monty Hooker and maybe try to put him in the slot? I, I'm just asking. I'm just asking. Right, 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 right. Um, I think all all options are open at this point in time. When you, <laughs> I mean, when we – Okay. Now, naturally, the slot is a lot harder, but a safety yeah. hybrid guy who can move yeah. uh, and can blitz and do a lot of different things probably brings a lot of value there a lot more so yeah there's a possibility uh but uh but has been playing mostly in the box as the linebacker guy next to king in some of the blitz packages and that doesn't affect him but that's going to look odd if uh you got hooker and Bacaro next to each other basically lined up almost you know five yards apart then you got byard and who else would be the other safety maybe uh, kalu kalu uh, yeah okay kalu yeah that that's that's a possibility uh, so you were you were talking about that there are no practice squad quarterbacks, right? Cornerbacks. No, and and there have been, but right I, I, I'm looking at the yeah, and you know you got to move things around. You just got to kind of get in where you fit in. You, you your roster kind of has to fit whatever the current need is. But I'm looking at the practice squad: Daniel Munyer, O lineman, Wyatt Ray, who may be pressed into service as an outside linebacker. Right. Uh, Miles okay. Miles Brown is a defensive lineman. I, I'm gonna be honest; I, I don't know much about Miles Brown. Sam Sloman is their the other kicker that they keep. Brooks Reed is the is the uh, the veteran outside linebacker. Do, do we possibly see him? Vrabel really didn't commit to that today, but he's a veteran outside linebacker. They have yeah, another. Mm-hmm. They have Orzak, who's the the other long snapper that they've been keeping. An offensive uh, lineman named Paul Adams, Trevor Daniel, the other punter, Deshaun Kaiser, Brandon Kemp is the tackle, Parker Hesse is the tight end project that's been around, Tommy Hudson is another tight end, Cody Hollister, who's a, a depth wide receiver, Guy Blaine that I know both you and I kind of liked what we've seen yeah, from him. I like him. And, and that dude's body, like, he looks like an NFL receiver. Go, yeah. go see Cody Hollister at practice, and you'll say, who the heck is that guy? Because that's a guy that would get off the bus and people would say, that guy looks like an NFL football player. Yeah. So, you know, obviously he must be missing something because we know he has length and yep. range. Maybe he's not quite quick enough or not quite fast enough or what have you. And that's why, where you get on the depth chart. Uh, so, you know, yeah. Here's, so, here's the other guy that's on the practice squad. He may be the biggest mystery to me, especially as much as Humphreys has missed time. Chester Rogers, the longtime Indianapolis oh, Colt yeah. receiver. He's still on the practice squad. Chester Rogers. No one's mentioned his name in months except for us. Oh man, he made dress with Adam Humphreys out. He he caught a lot of balls with the Colts. I wonder if he's in shape or. I mean, what's going on? Because if you move backs to and up to the slot, or and he, I mean, you got a veteran guy to to back him up. I mean, yeah, it seems like a logical. Maybe that's what they're weighing their choices over. Do they do that? Or do they, uh, you know, just kind of move uh, A.J. Brown around and everybody else and it doesn't really matter. The third guy is the third guy. And you just, yeah. you know, you can always change who's the X, Y, and Z. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, that's an interesting one there. Yeah, maybe so. Because he's got some experience. He's got he's, – he's, he's okay. He's solid. He has 111 NFL catches, five touchdowns. Chester Rogers. Yeah, he's not bad. He, you know, he's he's a I would he's a good depth guy in this kind of situation with the COVID and injuries. Proven guy in this league. I yeah. mean, he, he I mean, you know, as a depth guy, I kind of like that one. 
Um, I like the Reed, Brooke Reed at outside backer. And then um, what, hey, if he could walk at this point, don't yeah. you say, hey, man, hey, you at least know where the quarterback is. Spend today seeing if you can find him back there because you're not getting anything. Well, he's got some experience and you yeah. say, OK, maybe we can rekindle in a game. What yeah, maybe man. he did, you know, in his best of best when he was the best read of all. I mean, Brooks Reed. So, you know, you know, you never know. At, at this point, it can't go wrong. I mean, <laughs> I mean, nobody's really. I mean, when you go back and look that there was only, would you say one or two pressures? It was one hit, and we were like, when did they hit him? Yeah, King. Was, he, he rode the King, horse when King rode the horsey. That was the one time they hit Baker Mayfield. Hey, and I'm about. I'm about to One go time. into this. Remember, what did I say when we were playing in the first Buffalo game in the playoffs? Playing Johnson or Doug Flutie? Who did I say I didn't want to face? Doug Flutie. And why did I say I, I wanted to face Johnson? Because Johnson's going to sit back there and wait on you like a big statue. And Flutie, right. you have no idea what he's going to do. And we were a pressure-type defense. Well, if yep. you're not getting pressure, I would rather have Flutie and not play Johnson because – if we're not getting pressure, guy with the big arm wins all the time. Well, guess who you playing this week? A guy with a big arm. Yeah. I remember I went to the uh, in Atlanta and watched him in the Georgia Dome versus uh, UT. I remember. And not John Glennon. I mean, uh, Mike Glennon. Yeah. Mike Glennon. <laughs> I would love to see John Glennon play so, for the Jags. This, this week. dude has a big arm. If we don't put pressure on him, he is going to look just like Baker Mayfield. Oh, heaven. I'm telling you. They better make him move off his spot. We're gonna make make him make Glennon look really good, and it's gonna just all oh, perturb me. Matter of fact, and then we don't have corner, so you say, "Well, we're gonna make him move, and we're gonna blitz." Uh oh, yeah. who playing corner? Because all I would do is like, I'm not reading anybody. I'm not gonna throw to Malcolm Butler's side. I'm gonna just go at the other corner, right? And so here's what I would do: find the tights. Double with the other corner. Let Malcolm be rolling free. Yep. On your own, bro. Bye. Hey, you get lonely yep. on that island, but we going that way. <laughs> we're going the opposite way of you. And then make him beat Malcolm Butler. Dude. Hey, man. It's not rocket science. But at some point, though, at corner, you by yourself. You by yourself. I dare. I dare. I dare. Kevin Byron out there on that on that island over there, he's gonna be like, "Why were you playing eight yards off?" He said, "Well, <laughs> that guy is fast." <laughs> hey man, it is thin in corner and outside linebacker. It is thin, thin. Oh, I mean, the Jags have won one game, but they like they lost by three and two. Then they got beat by Steelers, pretty good. Then they lost by two, and then they lost by three in overtime. Like four of their last five games have been, I think, three or less. They got they're two playing close. Or your shark and Chanel, those dudes. Yep. Chanel's like a baby AJ Brown, but taller. They better stop that. This dude could play running back in the pitch. <laughs> he can wildcat. You name it, he can Ooh. do it all. Hey man, hey uh, yeah, man. Yeah, oh man, no, no corner. I mean, this is really making me really chapped right now. We got to go to break. I, 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 I got to go. <laughs> I gotta go. Let's no let Blake. No let's let Blake compose himself, and we'll oh talk to Mike Janetti of Spot Track. I mean, for the guys who are remaining, we got a lot of contract stuff to discuss. That's coming up next. Blake and Mickey went all four five the zone. Blake 
Hey, Mickey, on 104.5 The Zone. Let's talk to our guy, Michael Gennetti of Spot Track, who joins us now. Obviously, all, always lots of contract stuff to talk about, uh, and Michael is the best in the business to keep a track of all that. How you doing, Michael? It's been a minute. Yeah, thanks for having me back. I appreciate it, guys. Yes, sir. Let's just start with this, just kind of an overall question. I think for a lot of NFL fans and probably GMs and capologists and everybody else, there was this terror that the bottom is going to fall out of the salary cap. But uh, it, it does seem like maybe there's some light at the end of the tunnel. Maybe it essentially stays flat, only drops, what, two or three million. What What's the latest on that? And maybe your thoughts on, on what you think will happen. My my assessment, and I know our site doesn't reflect this, we've dropped it all the way down to that 175 floor just for kind of safety measures. But my assessment internally has always been that they're going to do everything possible to keep it flat, keep it neutral, just like the NBA has done. I just think it makes the most sense for everybody in play. Not And, and also, with these TV contracts coming, they're going to be able to regain all of this back, regardless of what happens with our economy in 2021. So I think they know that they can get this back quicker than usual. And uh, keeping it safe, keeping it neutral makes the most sense. Certainly, there's a lot of talk around Nashville about the future of Corey Davis. And, and, and Michael, you know how people who cover a team are. You look at a guy, he, he hasn't performed up to his draft expectations, and there's a lot that goes into that, but he was a fifth overall pick, and so the Titans don't pick up his option. So that there's sort of just the company line amongst reporters. We all think, well, if he has a bad year, they're not going to bring him back. And if he has a really good year, well, then they probably can't afford to bring him back. He's having a really good year. What is the valuation? I, I looked because one of the best features, my favorite of, about Spot Track, is guys who are going to be free agents where you project their value. I think he was around $8 million the last time I looked. What's the latest thoughts on Corey Davis? Yeah, you nailed it. Look, I'm one of those guys who was screaming to the Raptors last year that he shouldn't even be on the team this year. So, um, you know, it's it turned around quickly. There's clearly chemistry with Tannehill and him right now that they should capitalize on. It, it, it used to be eight, it's up to 10. Uh, it could it could obviously slide north of that over the last four weeks here, but you know I'm I'm kind of thinking maybe that franchise tag is is the right move on Corey Davis because it gives you the option to have the another one year look on him, which you would have had with the fifth year option, right? But if if that wide receiver you know franchise tag drops into the 15 million range or even the 14 million range based on the salary cap, I think that's a perfect way to keep him around for one more year, compensate him fairly, and then see what you have after that. Yeah, that'd be interesting. I think that tag number for wide receivers was $18 million plus last year, so you probably would want that to slide down some. For sure, definitely. Michael Gennetti on with us from Spot Track. Really good stuff always from him. Uh, Mike, thanks for coming on. I, I guess on to the, the Corey Davis, a little bit added to that. Who are the other top receivers on the market? To me, that's what I'd be looking at, that will be competing uh, with those dollars that are ahead of uh, Corey Davis, as well as on the same level and plane that he is as far as uh, getting paid? Yeah, it's a pretty nice list, actually. Uh, you know, starts with guys like T.Y. Hilton, Juju Smith-Schuster, Kenny Galladay could, could, could eventually walk to this open market if possible. Um, and I don't have a list in front of me, but, it's a, it, you know, it's, it's legitimate WR1 is what I'm saying. So, you know, if okay. you've got a guy who, who won't be a WR1 to stay in Tennessee but maybe would be somewhere else, that's where you get in trouble if you're Tennessee. If you let this guy go to the open market and get valued there, now you're talking up into the 14s and 15s as a starting point, as a low-end wide receiver one somewhere else on, on maybe a not-as-great team. So, you know, I put the, an article out recently about extensions because this is the time teams start to think about keeping these kind of guys in-house right now because the second you let other teams evaluate them, 
you start paying more dollars. Mm-hmm. With the cap, I guess, in your analysis, going down to 175, mm-hmm. how does that affect the, the franchise and traditional, you know, transitional tags, or does it affect it at all? Oh, yeah. How you oh, yeah. Use it? The more it drops, the, the more those numbers will drop. There's a, you know, it's, it's a slight factor. There's a lot of factors that go into those prices, but the current cap is certainly one of them. And, and the difference between, you know, this year's cap versus next year's cap, that, that's a big part of the franchise tag process as well. So, you know, that's what I mean. That, that's one of those reasons I really do think the league's going to push to keep this cap as much neutral as possible because you don't want to have a guy who was, on a, who was on a tag last year now making $5 million less on a tag, you, you know, for somebody else in that position to be tagged next year. It's a, it's a bad look. But no question that, that if the cap drops considerably, pretty much everything across the league financially is going to come down with it, including free agent prices. Well, help me understand the cap here. We're with Mike Gennetti of Spot, Spot Track. Uh, Adam Humphrey's value on the open market, if the Titans let him go, I know his salary is around $9 million. I, They say his cap hit would be $5 million. Mm-hmm. Is that worth doing if you're the Titans, if you wanted to move forward without Adam Humphreys? Yeah, look, there's a lot of mouths to feed. You know, if you want to keep a guy like Johnny Smith, if you want to keep Corey Davis, you're going to have to have some cap casualties to go with that. There's going to be a yin and yang effect for a lot of teams. And Tennessee is certainly going to be one of them. So I would imagine, you know, he's probably the third option of those three. And I would, I would guess they'd take the cap space as possible. Uh, we're on with Mike uh, Gennetti with uh, Spot Track there, Mickey. Yeah, Mike, you mentioned Johnny Smith. Certainly uh, a guy, it was funny, when he came out of college, one of his player comps was uh, 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 Delaney Walker. Sorry, boy. Thank you, Delaney Walker. And, you already forgot uh, about him? <laughs> no. Uh, exactly. Typical. Oh, <laughs> old, old age there, Mike. Old age. But uh, what's the current valuation on Johnny Smith? You know, I, I love to sit down and do these because I, I can kind of guess in my head what the number is going to be. And I, I actually thought this number was going to be higher when it came out. But I've only gotten him at about $8.5 million, which, you know, in a tight end market, it's, it's like it's top five. You know, I mean, that's still a good pay for a tight end. Um, but I, I look at him more of, a, of, a, of an overarching weapon, and uh, he's having a little bit of a down year compared to what he did last year. But I do think he's a legitimate tight end in this league. So that's a starting point. You know, he could certainly get himself into the, into the $10 million mark in, into some sort of Austin Hooper-type contract if he does walk well. Man. Uh, Jayon Brown, one of these guys who's in a contract year and has a very unfortunate injury. Yeah. What do you think about Jayon, and, and how much does the injury to his arm maybe affect – maybe gives the Titans a better chance of getting him back, obviously, at a reduced rate. But what do you think? Yeah, I do think that's the case. I think probably he'll have less options on the open market, so Tennessee can kind of leverage that, knowing that if they wanted to keep him around for maybe a showcase contract, uh, they'll have that option. I think it's going to be low. I think it's going to be exactly what I hope, like, like I mentioned, that he'll have to kind of earn his way back into a bigger, bigger price tag. Uh, so staying home, something tenable in, in the, in the, you know, five, six million range on a one year deal, maybe even incentive base is probably what he's going to have to take just to get himself back in the conversation. When Ryan Tannehill signed his deal, I, I think most people who were being, fairly analytical thought this seems like a good deal and every time another quarterback signs this is going to seem like a better deal what kind of value are the titans getting out of ryan Tannehill? uh that's a great question and a great way to phrase it i've heard it phrased a lot of ways um the it's probably right on the money and i and i, and I honestly think what we're going to see and i know why people said said what they said but i think we're going to see a lot more of these 
bridge contracts, and I'm air quoting when I say that because what that means is you're, you're not going to be forced to go over $30 million for a guy just because many quarterbacks make that. I think we're going to see a lot of quarterbacks over the next couple of off-seasons making 22 to $28 million a year as a, you know, I guess that would be a prove-it contract for a quarterback. And that's essentially what Ryan Tannehill got. He got an upper echelon. Well, we, we liked it for the one year. We definitely want to see a couple more years out of this, but we're not going to pay you $35 million to do that. I do think that's where we're going because of how well these rookie contract quarterbacks are working out. The veterans are just going to have to kind of play ball and lower those price tags. So I do think it's, it's right on the money value. And to some, to some degree, Ryan Tannehill's contract may become, you know, the model for a lot of these veteran contracts, maybe the second or third time around for a quarterback. Mike Janetti on with us. Janetti from Spot Track. Talking well, about talk yeah, Mike, I'm glad you talked about quarterback because take us through the dilemma that the Philadelphia Eagles are going through with Carson Wentz. If he becomes not the starter for you know the rest of the season and going into next season, how does that affect the cap and actually even their decision? I got a hats off. It's not saying that it's over. He can start the next game uh, after this game, but. Man, what kind of cap situation are they in? Are they forced to actually make him still the starter? Yeah, I don't think you have enough time for me to break it all down, honestly. It's that complicated. <laughs> <laughs> it's that unbelievable. Uh, look, there's, to me, there's three options, and I'll give it to you as, as, as succinct as I can. One is they keep him no matter what. They just keep him as it is. If you want to restructure the, the salary to lower next year's cap hit, fine. You're going to take the dead cap hit afterwards anyway. Uh, so that's option one. To me, that that's probably the most likely because option two and three mean you, you need another team to come and, and acquire him via trade. Um, so the first trade is you trade him immediately. Day one of 2021, you get him out before that, the, the big roster bonus hits. And I'm eyeing Indi- the Indianapolis Colts for that because yeah. there's a Frank Reich relationship. They're going to have expiring contracts on quarterbacks. Let's just say that's the trade. So day one, he's out. The, the third option is they trade him in June or July, later down the road, when he's actually cheaper for the Colts to get him. Um, either way, they're probably sending a second-round pick with him just to get him out the door. That's why I think plan A is probably what happens. They just keep him. They don't have to play him, um, you know, because you don't want to risk any injury guarantees down the road. So if he's the backup, he's a crazy expensive backup. But that's the mess they got into, and they're going to have to deal with it one way or another. Oh, man. Well, that's a heck of a mess, and uh, I'm yeah. sure hoping they just keep on with him because then he'll probably recover behind that great offensive line that the Colts have, but that's neither here nor there. Here's another right. situation <coughs> Excuse me, that I was thinking that the Titans could target because I think he was franchise tagged twice, but now he's torn ACL. Bud Dupree with the Steelers, what is – you know, his one, you know, contract going to look like, or is he just going to do a one-year deal back with the Steelers probably? What do you think his value is on the open market, even with a torn ACL? Yeah, again, I I look at the injuries this year more than ever because, you know, you're going to have healthy guys go out to that free agent market and have to take less money just because of the economy we're in right now and everybody's going to have to suffer a little bit. So if if you're bringing an injury like that to the table, you're going to have a lot of teams just say, no, thank you. You're a heck of a player, but I got to see it first. So like, you're probably right. And, and I don't think Pittsburgh necessarily wants to see him go anyway. So it'd be similar to the Jan conversation where, you know, we'll give you $8 million to come in and be our captain of the defense again uh, on the one-year deal fully guaranteed. Hopefully this works out. Then we'll, then we'll lock you in long-term if we have to after that. But I think we're going to see, honestly, a lot of that across the league with a lot of these players. All right. Well, well, this next question, Mike, uh, we went with Mike Genetic with Spot Track is the reason why I'm not a GM. Yeah, right. But anyway, 
I like the value that he brings to this team. And I've seen him on this team, but he's not playing or even dressing with another team. This is Tajay Sharp. If you signed him to some moderate two or three year deal contract, if you think that's something that you should do to keep have a safety net for a fourth, third, fourth type receiver, what would those numbers look like? Yeah, you know what? We're about to see this in Cleveland, I think, with Rashad Higgins, who he's in extension uh-huh. conversations. You know, he is obviously the, the fourth option right now in terms of the passing game, uh, even though he's still a heck of a player. That, it's a similar situation to what I just talked about with Davis. If, if he goes out, if he goes to the open market, you know, somebody may value him as a WR2, which now you're talking nine, 10 million minimum just to get him in the door. But as a three or a four in terms of the passing game options, you can get down into the five million max mark for a player like that. Um, and, and, and give him a little bit more guarantees. So if you, you know, if it's two at 10, but you guarantee eight, he's probably signing up for that. So I do think that's where you can get some really strong value. And it's a credit to having depth on your roster. Oh, I love that, man. Mike Gennetti with spot track. All right. Let's, boy, let's, let's make some people drive off the road when they hear this. Let's say we've seen the last of Jadevi and clowning. And somebody's yeah. going to sign him next year. What, what's that dude worth to a team after, <laughs> after, after what you've seen to him this year? Whether it's the Titans or it's anybody, what, what's yeah, he well, worth financially? Like Nikki. Okay, so I, I, uh, I prepared myself for this question coming in because, you know, I kind of forgot about him, as I think a lot of people have, right? I mean, he's been injured. Yeah. The staff just aren't there. I mean, I mean, even if he's healthy, he's going to have, like, like 40 tackles and two sacks this year. So, I, I mean, the – the sex production is just gone. It's just not even a part of his game anymore. So, I, I, I mean, it's so hard to put an actual value on him unless somebody asks him to come back and try to be a pass rusher again. I've got him at less than $7 million right now on the website. I mean, that's just where he lives. So I, it's about half of, you know, a third of a franchise tag for his position. Uh, he, his value has just completely fallen off the floor. And now that, you know, he's had another injury scare or an issue, the red flags are piling up. I, he's going to be close to a minimum contract for a guy of his age at this point, And he's going to have to resurrect his career somewhere else. Most likely. Uh, Mike Gennetti on with us from spot spot track. So what about, cause Blaine brought up the potential of Bud Dupree. Hey man, the Titans are about one phone call away from Blaine trying to see if he could come down there and rush the passer and resurrect his career <laughs> as, a, as a small pass rusher. They're going to have to make some moves this off season. Yeah. Are, are there some palatable cap numbers for guys who actually can, can accrue sack numbers? Because that's been a problem. It's going to be out there because, look, you know, the next article I'm about to write for the website is going to be the Cap Casualty Roster Bubble article. And I'm, I've already got about 100 players on my list right now on teams that just flat out can't afford to keep them or bring them back. You know what I mean? Uh, you're going to have teams that are going to be in really rough cap space this year because of the, the financial situation we're in. So you're going to have players fall up, fall by the wayside. You know, I'm thinking of players like Robert Quinn in Chicago, who was already a buck on a huge contract. Uh, Everson Griffin, we saw bounce around a couple of times. You're going to see guys hit the market. Who knows if, if Tampa Bay can keep Shaq Barrett on his price? Because his price is about to skyrocket. And uh, Tampa's going to have to pay some miles out there as well. So, yes, you're going to see guys with 8, 9, 10, maybe, maybe even double-digit stacks this year hit the open market because they just can't be paid on their current rosters. I got one more for you before I hand it back to Blaine. I, I'm really curious to see what happens with Dallas and Dak Prescott because we were talking about the other quarterback situation there with the Eagles. But what what in the world is Dallas going to do? 
They're going to franchise tag him again as soon as possible because they can't let him get to the open market. <laughs> and then they're going to wait and see what this cap situation looks like, looks like in terms of the, the league number. And they're going to probably pay him about 20% of whatever that is. And if that's $35 million, that's $35 million a year. If it's more, they'll pay him more. They're not going to miss this time. I mean, there is, there's no player who basically played three, four games this year that had his value absolute max out more than Dak Prescott. And they didn't need him. They needed him more than any other player in that roster. And when he left, they, their, their season went into, into complete garbage. So he's worth whatever the cap says he's worth now, in my opinion, and it's going to max out. All right, one final one on the way out. Uh, we ask you what kind of value are the Titans getting from Ryan Tannehill. I will ask you the same question for Derrick Henry. Oh, I, I love it. I think it's absolutely spot on. It's the perfect contract. They get one more year of this. You know, maybe he regresses 5% next year because of the age and the mileage, and then they can completely walk away from him. I think it's perfect value. It's, it's the exact contract. I think all of these, these elite veteran running backs should be signing. Because look, if he's still if he's still great next year, he's got two more years, and one of which will lock in in a guarantee. So, take the four year deal, which is actually a two year guaranteed deal. See what you can do with your team for the next couple of seasons, and then if you've got to go one year deals after that, so be it. But I think it's perfect for both sides. I love everything about it. Mike Gennetti of Spot Track. Look, man, your website. If people never been there, s p o t r a c dot com. Uh, there's a premium way to join. There's free stuff as well. I'm telling you, I nerd out on that site all the time. It's fantastic, and I hope everybody goes there. Thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it. Appreciate yes, it, sir. Mike Gennetti, Spot Track, joining us. Uh, Titans talk, Vanderbilt talk continues. I got a couple thoughts about the Titans and the Vols. I want to share with Blaine. I'll ask him what he thinks next. Just about what's got to happen Saturday and Sunday for those teams and those fan bases. Hit Blaine with a question when we come back. Blaine and Mickey on 104.5 The Zone. It's a tease, man. Blaine and Mickey on 104.5 The Zone. Uh, you got something you want to talk about? Interesting stuff from Michael Gennetti of Spot Track. I love having that guy on. It's the it's the rare combination, Blaine, of like super nerdy website, mm-hmm. and then you talk to that guy, and like you said, he'll say things in a things in a way that you're like, and I got another question about that. Like he always yeah. leaves you wanting more. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, we're gonna have to have him on again, especially uh, when the season ends. Hopefully that'll be in a little while. <laughs> it's like a couple months, but uh, yeah, February. <laughs> Yeah, but, uh, yeah, he was really good. So we got to make sure uh, we stay in touch with him. Yeah, he's pretty good. The whole thing about edge rushers, he said there are going to be some guys who can't lo- get cut loose just because teams can't afford them. If you're the Titans, I think you're going to have to find a way to afford some edge rush help. Uh, the other thing that's interesting is it seems like – because I said, hey, your site had Corey Davis's value at $8 million. He goes, yeah, it, we bumped that to ten. Oh, remember I said ten yesterday. You did. You the, did. The, yeah, that, that, that's my spot track, please. That's just a guess on my part. <laughs> but that would be my track. limit. And remember I said that on uh, Henry, too. Yep, I yep. said I'd play 13, 14, maybe. 12 and a half. Minutes. Yeah, 12 and a half. Yeah, but he's improved in his uh, passing game. But one thing about Henry's contract, and he kind of alluded to it, they yep. can get out of that contract after next season. Yep. And, and keep it moving, just like they can do Tannehill's in three seasons. Right. So that, that it, it makes sense. They're getting a high value for their short window, but then after that, they, they can move on, especially if they 
run Henry into the ground the rest of this year and next year. They're like, yeah, we're going to try to stay ahead of this uh, tire tread. It's, it's starting to get low. Yeah, It's halfway there, so we're going to go let it go now, and we just draft another running back or do running back by committee. Yeah. Hmm. Something that who else does that? His name is Bill, and his last name starts with a B. <laughs> Rabel uh-huh. knows him pretty well. Yeah. Uh-huh. And, and um, you put that money into, you know, you run the football, then it becomes Tannehill, and you get you a pass rusher, and yeah. you start winning some games. The, the Humphreys dilemma is going to be a heck of a dilemma, as you asked Janetti about, because he's he's $9 million a year. He's 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 been you know he's just had it, it's tough luck with injuries. I mean it's just tough luck. I mean it, it it's just been a rough go of it for him here, and he's making a lot of money. And do you look at him and say we could literally take that nine million and transfer that over to Corey Davis if it's nine plus one or whatever it winds up being, and then we draft a guy and we use like you said some guys that we already have, or we find a a vet who'll come in for a couple mil a year. You know it's it's what you got allocated to the position. Because you're still not paying AJ Brown very much, you know, and that's going to change. Contract, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's you got him on a rookie deal, so this is when you make a bunch of hay in the receiver room. Maybe you can, uh, maybe you can reward somebody else. But here's the thing: if the cap truly stays flat, then that tells you it will probably begin that gradual climb back up again. Because what was it going up per year? Ten, eleven, twelve million was pretty much the average, right, for the cap to go up every year. Mm-hmm. And I would think it starts that climb again, just God help us and God willing and God bless us all that we live through this pandemic that continues to squeeze the life out of the globe every day. Um, but if you can do that and the NFL can get some semblance of business as usual back, you know that, you know, the cap's going to continue to climb again, just like it had been the league prints money. Yeah. Here's what I, here's what I would do. I, 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 I already given you a tip about what I would do about the draft of free agency. I'm re-signing Corey Davis and signing Tajay Sharp. Receivers are done with. I'm good there. Then okay. in the draft, I'm drafting DN cornerback. DN cornerback. DN cornerback. I think that's it. Uh, <laughs> and guess what? I'm going to say my odds have to go up on that I hit on one of those, and hopefully two of them at each, each position. <laughs> Hey, would you would you maybe consider the little dude from Florida if he was there as a break in the middle, like go D in cornerback, the dude from Florida to play? Oh, talk about Tony. Yes. Oh, uh, oh, and we have we forgot about Janu. So I don't know where Janu may go in this whole equation. If I sign another receiver back, I yeah. may do it by committee, and then maybe do what you're talking about, draft Tony, or you know, hey, get another tight end, and you know, second, third round, you just don't take him that high, but yeah. Yeah, you need you replace them. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I was all joking about the DN cornerback, but I you got to <laughs> get on something sometime. Hey, a second rounder would be they'd be in the rotation, and you knew, at least know you got some talent to develop. And uh, so, and, you know, nobody's talking about this, but the Titans, you know, their coaching staff are doing a good job of the. It sounds weird of developing players with not a lot of experience, and they've yeah. gone up and hold the fort. I mean, Borders held the fort up for like uh, four games or so. Who yeah, would have thought that would have happened? Some yeah. guy off the street, man, they picked up and, whoa, he's doing all right. Man, this guy may help us. He could be a deaf guy after this is all over with going into next year. Sure. Shoot. You got nothing from Adoree. You've gotten almost nothing from Christian Fulton. 
Nothing from Clowney and you know, Beasley. Played a little bit. Well, I can't say nothing from nothing Clowney. from disruptions from Clowney. <laughs> disruptions. Nothing what from Beasley. <laughs> he wore a uniform. Yeah. All right. Here's my question for you before we let this go. I always laugh at when people start going, it's a must win. It's a must win. But I'll say this. If you're the Titans and you want to win the division, you must win a game against the 1-11 in Jaguars. I don't care who plays, who doesn't. You must win this game if you're wanting to win the division. And if you're the Tennessee Vols and you're Jeremy Pruitt, the more I think about this, I know because we, we ask everybody, or I do, who comes on, is this seat warm? Is the seat warm? And they're like, ah, COVID. It's COVID. There's a lot of stuff they can't control. If you lose to this Vanderbilt team, Blaine, you got to let him go, don't you? You got to. Oh, I mean, you just yeah, got to yeah, go. That's a no-brainer. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you're a little slow there on your internet. But, yeah, he's – yeah, the balls, Pruitt, if they lose to Vandy, they're done. He's done. I'm sorry. There's no way around it. No way, no how. Nobody goes to the games next year. They're not buying tickets. Matter of fact, uh, those uh, – yeah. Current commitments, <laughs> maybe some of them to be decommitting real quick after that. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, the other question is the Titans about this being a, a must win. And, and I'm going to throw out the 1 and 11. They better be very disciplined and respect this team and go out there and play them as though they're 11 win team or, you know, whatever the number could be right now. Because this team is playing freaking hard right now for Doug Marone and crew and staff. And if they hang around there and they believe they can beat the Titans because they played them first in this season and was right there. I mean, right there. Yeah. Three points, but wasn't that in overtime? Was it, overtime? was it overtime? I haven't went back and looked at that game. It was close. It was a, a call. Remember? No, but I think that's, wasn't that one of the, wasn't that one of the ones that Goskowski had to win at the end? Yeah, maybe so. But remember, somebody lined up offsides. Was that the game and they didn't call it? On that on that drive. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Clowny, I think so. Yeah, it was. And so they yeah, man. So this this team, they're no yep. different. And then they, they can't stop the run. And they got this Robinson kid that can run and catch the ball and no pressure on Glennon. Man, that sounds like a recipe for you better watch out. This is gonna be a this could be a close one. So yeah, you better handle business. No doubt. Yeah, they it, is must win. it is no yeah. doubt a must win. Yeah. Must win for Tennessee Titans, must win for the Tennessee balls. Yeah, they're both must win. So guess whose butt gonna get tight if it's close coming in the fourth quarter? Both the Tennessee teams. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no doubt. They know they should be whooping their thing. Oh. Yep. Better watch out, man. All right, we can't get too tight because we got to uh, we got to <laughs> go to the second hour of Blade and Mickey on this Friday. Buck Rising is about twenty minutes away. There's a lot to discuss with the Titans and who practiced and who didn't, and who's available and who isn't. We'll hit all that when we get started in the two o'clock hour. Blade and Mickey on one hundred four five. So.